Edgestone Properties is a leading home builder in southern New Hampshire. With over 33 years' experience, Edgestone offers highly valued residential homes, including first-time buyer, luxury move-up, and senior community opportunities. Edgestone also offers well-located rental apartments, including active adult communities. Visit us at edgestoneproperties.com or call us at 603-889-5208 to learn more. You can also like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter. That's 603-889-5208. Next up, you'll be listening to United Way Community Connections with Mike Affelberg. United Way Community Connections. United Way Community Connections broadcasts every Monday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. right here on WSMN. In United Way Community Connections, you will be introduced to leaders from all of the great nonprofits in Greater Nashua, from caring for our children to our seniors, from helping our homeless pets to our at-risk vets, from learning the skills to get your GED, to dealing with trauma and substance abuse. Community Connections is the place to learn with Mike Affelberg about what's going on. Learn how you can help and make a difference from the experts. So sit back, grab a cup of coffee, and enjoy the show, which is making a difference in Greater Nashua. Here's your host, Mike Affelberg. Well, good Monday morning, and welcome to the United Way Community Connection Show. I'm your host, Mike Affelberg. Today is Monday, November 25th, the week of Thanksgiving. Welcome to our show. Hope everybody had a fantastic weekend. I know that I did. Of course, any weekend that for me ends with the 49ers trouncing the Packers, um, well, that's a good weekend. So, And I know that uh, there are some happy Pats fans out there as well. I don't know. Dare I say the two 10-1 teams, um, the Pats and the 49ers, meeting in the Super Bowl, how awesome would that be? I um, am both um, enthusiastic about the idea and also actually as a 49ers fan, a little bit horrified about the uh, possible outcomes. But anyway, I'm I'm sitting happy with 10-1, and one, so that's all right. That's good with me. Of course, yesterday was a total washout. Uh, probably we, we probably all did about the same thing, put on our PJs and sat by the fire and watched the TV and who knows what. But Saturday was gorgeous, and I'm hoping everybody got out and did a little bit of something out there. A little chilly, but not too bad. By the way, our show is live. We're on WSMN 1590 AM every week from uh, 9 to 10 AM on Monday mornings. Each week we interview two different nonprofits, organizations from our community that are making Greater Nashua a stronger, smarter, safer, healthier, and happier place for all of us to live and work. We're also live on Facebook. So I see a couple people have actually joined us on Facebook. Bernadette, hello. Michelle, hi. Your daughter is here with me in the studio. We'll be talking in just a minute with her. And I see Heather, Heather Bartolomo from our BNI chapter has Bartolami. Sorry about that, Heather. Welcome to the show. And, um, you know, this is going to be really great um, interviews today. We have with us Allie Sickles. Allie Buckley Sickles is um, from my BNI chapter. Occasionally we have folks in from my BNI group. This is a group of people who are networking with one another to help out. And, uh, yeah, good morning back at you, Michelle. Um, our... Um, you know, trying to help each other to grow each other's businesses and organizations just to be more effective through the power of word of mouth networking. And um, after that, we're going to take a short break and we're going to be joined by Rabbi John Spirosavet from Temple Beth Abraham right here in Nashua. And um, Rabbi John tells me he wants to interview me instead of me interviewing him. So we'll see how that goes. I don't know. I've, this is going to be turning the tables a little bit. I'm looking forward to it as well. 
couple things going on at United Way I want to mention before we get to Allie here. Um, first of all, last week, you know, we're in the, right in the middle of our annual campaign season. Of course, that's a super busy time, but I just want to give a couple of shout-outs to businesses that we met with, businesses and organizations. Um, we met with Eversource Energy. We met with Bicentennial Elementary School, Broad Street Elementary School, uh, Boys and Girls Club of Greater Nashua, Monarch Instrument, the Adult Learning Center, Broad Street Elementary School, the brand new Chase Bank Branch down on South Main, South on Daniel Webster Highway, down by the Old Navy, brand new to our community, and we um, also had a whole bunch of other things going on. But I would say the highlight of my week last week had nothing to do with our annual campaign; had to do with food insecurity in our community. I've talked a little bit in the past about the Meals Matter program. This is a group of students at Nashua High School South who have joined together to help their fellow students at South and then at North and now throughout the rest of the community um, to um, learn to help each other out in uh, getting access to food throughout the day. So, you know, I don't know about you guys, but uh, if I had to go without breakfast or lunch um, and then go to school, you know, I mean, after 20 minutes after I haven't had my appointed mealtime, I'm getting hangry. That's just how I am. But I bet you it's really hard to learn. And, of course, the educational outcomes are terrible if you if you don't have food in your system. And so these kids have gotten together to help each other out. And one of their brand-new programs that we're just implementing now is called Share Carts. And um, what is a share cart? It's a very simple concept, actually. It's a sort of like a little trolley, like an AV cart that has also a little miniature refrigerator built into it. And it can be installed in the cafeteria of a school, elementary, middle, or high school. The kids are given guidelines as to what they can put on the cart. And, uh, of course, you can't put, you know, your half-eaten pizza on the cart and share it with your fellow friends because, let's face it, that would just be gross. Um and unhygienic, and our friends at Public Health would probably not want me to do that anyway. But what you can do is you can put like a, your little baggie of carrots that you got if you don't like carrots, or your unopened milk, or your apple. Believe, hey, I didn't know this, but did you know that apples in school lunches are now actually wrapped in plastic? I don't know. That's new to me, but it is the way it is now. So you can put your um, unopened apple on the cart. Anyway, so there's a lot of food waste, and there's a lot of food insecurity. So think about that. Food being thrown in the garbage can, and kids are hungry. Now, come on. Really, how simple is this to put the one and the one together? to help out to uh, improve the world. So we had our ribbon cutting at Penichuk Middle School, which was super exciting. We had that on Friday. A bunch of dignitaries. The press was there. Um, there's a nice out write-up in the Telegraph on Saturday by Adam Urquhart. Really, really great to see him there. And uh, they cut the ribbon, and they are off and running with the Share Carts program. So Last but not least, I want to give a big shout out to all of the people who helped to sponsor the share carts, make these uh, these purchases of, um, possible. That included um, the Nashua Rotary Club. That's the Rotary Club that that I belong to, along with the mayor who was just on the show. Um, also, the uh, Southern New Hampshire Health. Thank you to Betsy Hood and your crew for pitching in on this. Also, Nashua Teachers Union. Thank you, Adam uh, Marcou and your crew. And, of course, United Way pitched in a little bit as well. So we're really excited about the Share Cards program. So this is Thanksgiving week, so it's a short week, but uh, still a lot going on. I'm going to be meeting at lunch today with our friends from the Nashua Community College to talk about their annual campaign. They give generously every year through their um, payroll and uh, to support our community and our safety net. So, so excited to be seeing them again, um, as we do every every single year. 
And uh, But just before that, we're going to meet with a potential sponsor for our Blizzard Blast. So a friend of mine, Rita, referred me to one of their neighbors named Spenga, which is a, uh, I don't know if they're a yoga place or a, uh, if they have um, a workout gym. Or I'm going to learn more, but just before that, and they might be interested in helping us out with the Blizzard Blast, which is super cool. We're excited about that. And then on Wednesday, I'm going to meet with the Nashua Fire Rescue um, about their annual campaign. And then I'm going to take a couple days off. I'm sorry. I'm getting tired. I'm just not, I just don't, I'm just getting old and tired. So I'm going to take off a couple of days and just decompress. Last but not least, however, Saturday, the National Rotary Club begins its annual Christmas tree sale. We are going to be unloading all of our Christmas trees and setting up shop over um, near Pier 1 out on Amherst Street, that's the new location where we kicked it off last year. So if you're looking for a Christmas tree and you want to purchase one, really beautiful tree, and you want to do it also and uh, help the community out at the same time, it's a big fundraiser. The money that's raised by the Rotary Club supports our community and goes back to many nonprofits, but also goes back out into scholarships as well. So uh, again, welcome to our show. Lisa, I see you. Jamie, I see you. Um, Really great to have you guys with us joining us on the radio. Now... I want to introduce you to my special guest, Allie Buckley-Sickles. Allie is the owner of Showcase Cinemas and Showcase Performing Arts out in Hudson. And Allie, welcome to our show. Hi, Mike. Thanks for having me. Glad to have you. And you might want to speak just a little bit closer to the microphone. I know it kind of feels weird, but you want to kind of snuggle up to it. Perfect. So A, congratulations on your new baby. Thank you so much. He's wonderful. He is so cute. I'm so, <laughs> I have never seen a baby so happy. And I know it's not just because parents like to post pictures of happy babies Mm -hmm. but your baby is just always happy yeah he is we got really lucky in that sense he's just a happy guy so well that's good so happy parents make happy babies i'm kind of convinced of that (laughs) perfect i hope so (laughs) (laughs) so tell us just uh briefly about your business out in hudson what do you guys do at showcase performing arts sure so showcase performing arts center is uh and showcase spirit is a dance um tumbling music voice theater center um it's a essentially a hub for the performing arts and cheerleading and tumbling. Um, and our whole goal is to uh, create leaders uh, and inspire future leaders uh, through the arts. Um, so we have a whole culture that really uses what we're teaching in the classroom to help make good people uh, and to really the foundation of our culture is to give back to the community. That sounds great. It's really, um, I've been over to your place. I was um, astonished at the size of, of the facility, that how well-equipped you are and the variety of different programs that you do out there. For sure. Thank you. That's a whole. Um, that's our whole goal is to make it a hub uh, for the performing arts and to eventually you know, open up our large facility uh, to other members of the community to really do good within the community um, you know, through our families and through um, anybody who really could use the arts um, as a way to help them kind of become their best selves. That sounds, it's it's really great. And, um, you know, performing arts is important and just movement in general, For sure. you know, just to help out with exercise and, and, and all of that is really good as well. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. It's uh, so many positive benefits. And uh, we see that through all of our students that uh, come into the studio um, and just see their confidence flourish. And, you know, now all of our, we have a really great competition team. Uh, those, you know, 
intensive training students. Uh, they're all on honor roll. They just really, you know, make a point to just um, be the best version of, of themselves that we can be. And that's really awesome that we get to help facilitate. That. I love that philosophy. That's Thank awesome. You. And a couple new people joined us on the on the Facebook. Jamie Putnam from my Rotary Club. Welcome, Jamie. Good morning, Lisa Shadoko, who's a uh, official from USA Swimming, who I work with on the pool deck quite a bit, and Jay Geary, executive director of the Daniel Webster Council Boy Scouts of America. So welcome to our show. Hope you guys can hear us loud and clear on the Facebook. Um, so what I did want to ask you about, and the reason why we wanted to get together this morning, is you have an event coming up, which is sort of an open house, if you will, um, that you do every year. And it's also a little bit of a fundraiser, and it's an opportunity for people just to get out and network and learn more about what you do, but also learn about other organizations and businesses. Tell us about that program, that event. Absolutely. So this Saturday, um, Small Business Saturday, November 30th, from 10 to 1 at our location, 5 Executive Drive in Hudson, we are hosting our annual holiday fair. And it is... Um, a craft fair, vendor fair, business fair of sorts. Showcase will be there with some special small business uh, Saturday opportunities as well. Uh, and it's an opportunity for everybody in the community to come in and use our space um, to not only shop for goods and things like that, but to also, um, you know, see the studio, but also for fellow business owners to connect and meet with each other. Um, we do use it as a fundraiser. So Showcase works with a nonprofit uh, to provide dance classes uh, to children and adults with special needs at no cost, as well as our scholarships that provide classes to children who wouldn't otherwise have access to the arts. Now, don't be embarrassed to say this is your actually your own nonprofit that you just that you started yourself, right? The, the Showcase Gives Back Foundation, yeah, which is awesome. It gives Thank kids you. because you know dance. Sometimes kids want these opportunities, but maybe they can't afford it. And what you mm -hmm. have to offer. Um, you know, it's not free, and sometimes, you know, this is kind of scholarships, right? For sure, yeah. So we do um, a good amount of scholarships every year, um, and we're super proud of that. And the kids that, you know, receive those scholarships are, you know, we're getting to see them flourish and to, to think what, you know, they wouldn't, if they didn't have that opportunity, they'd be not using these talents or not getting that confidence or whatever. So that um, is really special for us to see. That's awesome. Thank really you. great. Thank you. Um, and then, of course, our special needs dance program is completely nonprofit. Uh, that's through Darby's Dancers, which is with, we're a chapter of a national nonprofit. Um, and we have that is sponsored by a lot of area businesses who have a heart for, for service and who um, allow these students to have that opportunity as well. So we're really grateful for all of our community partners. Um, how, how does a, if somebody wants to come to the event, mm -hmm. maybe have a table there, um, maybe you know exhibit or just or just come as a participant. How do they learn more? Sure. So they can find us right on our Facebook, showcaseperformingarts.com, or they can email our coordinator for this event, Amy, at showcaseperformingarts.com, um, or give us a call at the studio, 603-883-0055. Or, or I should always say, if you forget any and all of that, just call Mike at United Way, and I'll connect you to Allie, and uh, it'll all be good. Awesome. So. Thanks, Mike. Yeah, of course. Um, and we're also really excited. This year, we were really able to partner with United Way, so... Um, we have, you know, obviously the vendors and things. Some of them make donations for tables um, or they give um, – we have a big raffle table set up, which is great. That all goes to the foundation. But uh, we usually ask for a donation, entry donation, when you come into the uh, the fair. And this year we partnered with the United Way. So to come into the fair, um, you can either bring a toy for the Santa Fund as your entry donation or you can just make a cash donation and all that will go right to the United Way uh, to make sure that everyone has an opportunity to have something uh, to unwrap this Christmas. Thank you. That's really awesome. We appreciate that partnership as well, Absolutely. Allie. Now, I understand also no, that's Saturday. What time? Uh, Saturday, 10 to 1. 10 to 1. And then after that, that of course, Saturday is 
Is Saturday the holiday stroll? It Saturday's is. the holiday stroll yeah. too, right? And you're involved with that too this year. For sure, yeah. We are performing um, at the holiday stroll at 545. Uh, we also have a booth set up so you can come chat with us if you have questions. Um, you're interested in becoming a community partner or learning more about what we do for our, our community, our contribution there. Um, both myself and my business partner, Michelle, will be there and we'd be happy to, to chat with you about that. Um, so keep an eye out on our Facebook page uh, for where we'll be performing um, and all that good stuff. Now, normally the holiday stroll is just awful weather, super cold, snowy or rainy, and I just looked on Facebook or on on my app. Now, I have an Android, so my daughter would say this is probably fake news because she only believes information off of her iPhone, but it says Saturday, only a 10% chance of rain and a high temperature during during the day of 36 degrees, cold at 23 at night. Not too windy, so it should be pretty nice weather for the holiday awesome. stroll. Yeah, that sounds great. It's such you know, a fun event downtown. So. Chilly, chilly enough to put on your coat, but not too so cold that you have to like you know, what dress in your woolen undies. It's <laughs> good. So. Makes it a little bit more comfortable. <laughs> Absolutely. So 5:45 at the holiday stroll. Yes. Busy weekend for you. Busy, busy weekend, but we're really excited anytime we get to to be out and about with the community. So. That's going to be great. so worth it. That's great. And and congratulations. Also, last thing before we break, you also produced the uh, uh, musical at Nashua North this past weekend. Is that the first time that you produced this? Uh, this is my second time. I was the choreographer. Choreographer. Yes. Um, Carol Gorelick and her husband, Don, produced the uh, musical along with uh, Brett Kincaid, who was the music director, and Brianne Biastoff, who um, is the choral director at North, but she was the uh, director of the show. And it was uh, fantastic. We did Once Upon a Mattress. Those kids are just so talented, and it was such an honor to work with them and, and to learn from Brett and Brianne and just be a part of be a part of that and so. that's a tough show that's not yeah. that's not that that's that's the real deal real deal and we did you know we brought in lights and uh costume production the whole thing so it was a full-on musical production and um i'm a little bit sleepy this morning i have a large coffee but it was so <laughs> <laughs> it was so worth it to do it so that's great well thank you for that that's a thank kind you. of a unique volunteering um that people do as well in the in sure. the arts so you've been listening to ali buckley sickles from showcase showcase performing arts in hudson new hampshire um, you can find them online. They have an event this Saturday. It's sort of an open house holiday event. Um, and it uh, also does some fundraising for their foundation and that uh, helps kids to get access to um, some of the dance and theater programs that they run. And they're also going to be um, at the Holiday Stroll this coming Saturday. And, um, you know, if you want to get to know Allie in person, uh, you can join either or both of us at BNI. <laughs> Uh, every Tuesday morning at 7.30 at the Nashua Radisson. And uh, we'd love to see you there as well. Absolutely. All right, Allie. So thanks again for coming on the show. We're going to uh, head out to the break now. Awesome. Thanks, Uh, Mike. Happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving to you as well. And congratulations again on your son. He's just the cutest. So that's that's the best. Okay, so you're listening to the United Way Community Connection Show. I'm your host, Mike Affelberg. We're going to take a short break now. Our show is brought to you by Etchstone Properties, one of our community's premier builders for many, many years now. After the show, we, after the break, we'll be back with our um, next guest, who's going to actually be our only guest for the for the show this week, um, and that is uh, Rabbi John Spirasavet. I also should say, Krista, I see you on Facebook as well, so we'll join you in a couple of minutes back after the break.
Edgestone Properties is a leading home builder in southern New Hampshire. With over 33 years' experience, Edgestone offers highly valued residential homes, including first-time buyer, luxury move-up, and senior community opportunities. Edgestone also offers well-located rental apartments, including active adult communities. Visit us at edgestoneproperties.com or call us at 603-889-5208 to learn more. You can also like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter. That's 603-889-5208. Since 1930, United Way of Greater Nashua has been your trusted partner to fight for the health, education, and financial stability of every person in every community. When a low-income child needs access to dental care or parents need quality after-school programs where their kids can learn and be safe, United Way is there. When a person with disabilities needs a supportive day program where they can thrive or a family loses its home and needs a place to regain financial stability, United Way is there. When a homebound senior needs food and supportive social connections or when it comes time to die with dignity. United Way is there. The programs supported by your United Way are the heart and soul of Greater Nashua. When you volunteer or donate to United Way, you lift up the community where you live and you work. As a highly regarded nonprofit with Charity Navigator and GuideStar, you can be sure that your donations will be used for the work of making Greater Nashua stronger, smarter, and safer. Learn more and connect with us at unitedwaynashua.org. It's flu season, and this nasty bug affects many Americans each year. American Medical Response wants to give you some safety tips so you can avoid the flu. The best thing to do is to get your flu shot now. Wash your hands thoroughly and regularly. Try not to touch your eyes, nose, and mouth. Avoid contact with other people who are sick. And if you do get the flu, plenty of water, rest, and avoid going out are the things you need to do. Check out more safety tips at amr.net slash safety. AMR medics are here for you every hour of every day. Well, good Monday morning. You are listening to the United Way Community Connection Show. I am your host, Mike Affelberg. We're here each and every Monday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. Uh, talking with the nonprofits in our community. Each week we interview, well, typically each week we interview two different nonprofit organizations. Um, these are organizations that are working tirelessly to make our community a place which is stronger, smarter, safer, healthier, and happier, just a better place to live and work. The reason why people listen to this show um, I presume, is because they want to find out how can they um, get get involved in giving back. That would be either as a volunteer at an organization or as a donor with, a, with an organization. But, um, you know, there are so many out there that sometimes it's just overwhelming and hard to know. And, of course, we've all heard of the biggies like, you know, the YMCA or the Boys and Girls Club, great organizations. But there are many, many others. And uh, perhaps you're looking, looking to find out how can you help uh, a young person to learn how to read. Well, maybe getting involved as a tutor at the Adult Learning Center. You might not know about that. Or how can you help out with uh, connecting um, at-risk young people to dental services, which are so difficult to find. Well, maybe you don't know about the Greater Nashville Dental Connection and so forth. The list goes on and on and on. So um, giving back is a really important part of listening to the show. The other reason why people like to listen is because perhaps you know somebody who has a need for a service, um, and this is particularly poignant, I would say, this time of year. Think about it. This is Thanksgiving week. We will probably, many, many of us, be sitting around the table Thursday evening um, and uh, talking about the blessings in our lives and uh, what we're thankful for. And at some point in time, you might also have a conversation with somebody, a relative, a family member who says something like, you know, my friend Joe is struggling with um, drug abuse and just doesn't know where to turn. 
and or my my uh, aunt Sally just lost her job and is at risk of losing her apartment um, and has to choose between her apartment and child care and utilities. You know, these are the kinds of needs that just, these are things that happen in people's lives. And uh, my, as my grandfather used to say there, but by the grace of God go I, we are all just one small life event away from something happening like that. And where do you turn? How do you help? Well, one of the things is by educating yourself every week, listening to the show, you're going to learn about those services. And you might just know about something going on, somebody who does something that you can connect Joe or Sally to to help them out. The other thing is I'm always going to say, you know, 211 is your friend. 211 is the is the state's referral resource hotline. It's uh, a United Way program, actually. It's run by the United Way of, uh, well, what we call Granite United Way, which is our sister United Way to the north. All four United Ways in the state help pay for it. So you just say to somebody, you know what, I don't know where to turn, but you can call 211, and they can connect you and make a referral to the resources that are out there in the community. So those are some of the great reasons why you might want to listen to the show. Um, you know, I am not so naive as to think you're listening to the for the Mike Affelberg entertainment value. So, um, but maybe there's actually solid reasons for listening instead. Uh, with all of that said, I want to introduce our next guest. I have in the studio with us Rabbi John Spirosavet. Rabbi John is a friend of mine, and he is also the rabbi here at Temple Beth Abraham in Nashua. And so, Rabbi John, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. It's great to talk to you. And um, you said in your introduction that you usually talk in the program to a couple of nonprofit leaders in the community. You are a nonprofit leader in the community. And I know, um, as you just did, you would never toot your own horn. But um, but I thought it would be great if we had a chance to, to get to know you a little bit and your organization. It always comes through in the things that you present because of what you enable. But um, to go back uh, behind that, too, and uh, Mike, you and I have talked just about radio too, and the the media, and uh, and this kind of medium is a way for for all kinds of leaders to communicate. So I've been been learning on this for you, and it gives me an opportunity to uh, to practice a little bit for things which other leaders in the community might do to follow your example. And it also might give you the opportunity to practice to have your own radio show. Well, that would be that would be terrific. I know that Reverend uh, Armstrong has one. <laughs> yes, and, he does. Uh, yeah. Sunday mornings, I believe. Yeah, yeah. So you know, I was looking at the uh, the history of the United Way nationally, and uh, one of the things it says in the history page of their website is a woman, two ministers, a priest, and a rabbi. Which sounds like that sentence. This sounds like a lead into a joke. Sounds like a lead into a joke. You know, walk into a bar. But apparently, that in uh, Denver, Colorado, was the beginning of the the United Way. But um, but what could you tell us actually about this United Way and how it got started? That is a great. That is a really great question. We are we just celebrated, or we are in the process right now of celebrating our 90th anniversary. This is our 90th year um, in existence, and I tell people when I go out to talk about United Way that uh, if you think back 90 years ago, that was the middle of the Great Depression. Um, it was actually 1929, and um, there was a big fire in Nashua. Um, and the only people that seem to ever really know about this is when I talk with the fire department guys. The fire guys all know about this fire. It was known as the Crown Hill Fire, and it took down a very substantial portion of the city. Perhaps as much as 50% of the city burned down. And uh, that was pretty common at the time, you know, wooden buildings and, you know, not so much access to fire services, and it just went fast. And after that fire, a group of the city elders, let's say, um, you know, people who owned the mills and had names like Greeley, um, uh, you know, at their la- the end of their last name, um, they got together and they said, you know, this is crazy. We should actually have 
like an emergency reserve fund to help us in such circumstances like this. And they created what they called the community chest. And those of you who play Monopoly, which is pretty much everybody in the United States of America and all over the world, know community chest. It's on the board, right? Um, that was actually named after United Way, not the other way around. So the community chest was this concept that we can all give to something when we have the means, which is a common place for us to um, store reserves that can be then throughout the years be used to address whatever needs might arise in the community that are perhaps unforeseen. It could be a, an emergency like a big fire, but it could also be um, helping out in today's day and age. It could be hel- helping out with the opioid crisis or um, you know the affordability for for housing that's become such an issue with homelessness or other types of other types of needs. Just absolutely difficult to know what the future is going to bring. Um, but having some resources in hand is probably a wise decision. So that's what they came together as a community chest. That evolved into the United Way. And uh, you're talking about responding to either uh, emergencies or catastrophes that come up, but also um, uh, certain longer-term events that are, or, or problems in the community that seem to take a need. I notice in, in this United Ways, in your presentations, you talk a lot about, about impact and about investment. How do you How do you think forward about about the community and what the United Way can do? Well, the way we, this comes back to actually what we call our process, which is kind of, this gets into the really boring, wonky part of United <laughs> Way. I should say before I talk about that, welcome to our new guest, Tom Walker, my <laughs> friend from Brookline. Hello, Tom. Good to see you. And Doreen Manetta. Doreen, hello. How are you? Um, welcome back from Mexico. Good to see you here on the radio. Although you could join us from Facebook on, on in, in Mexico too. So, um, the our process at United Way to to address needs in the community is pretty unique. We we do what we call a community needs assessment, and we do this every three years. And the, what we do is my colleague Liz actually um, um, spearheads this process, and she'll reach out to all of the places in our community where good data lives that talks about how are we doing. And it's places like the public health department, the welfare office, the uh, schools departments throughout the community, um, uh, you know, city administrations, the census bureau, the regional planning commission. These are all, like I say, all the places that, that collect data every, every year about different specific aspects about how we're doing. And then that's compiled, compiled into one larger report that focuses on all of the big areas that we like to address, which are health, education, and financial stability. Those are those are our big three, health, education, financial stability. And then based on that picture, which is really nothing more than a, a snapshot in time of how are we doing, we will turn around and um, work with the nonprofits in our community that have programs that they either have already implemented or are thinking about implementing that could address one of those areas of need. Um, that then turns into a grant proposal, if you will. And those proposals are then um, looked at by a large pool of volunteers um, that will kind of give the thumbs up or the thumbs down or the thumbs sort of, you know, maybe, but we're not quite sure um, as far as is the grant that we would like to support making. So we know that... um, no single organization is going to fix all of our community's problems, 
And so we've built what we call this safety net, if you will. And currently we have about 20 different organizations in the safety net, the United Way Safety Net. These are organizations that receive funding every single year from United Way for programs that they're working on that go back to addressing those specifically specific community needs. So that's a pretty long, kind of wonky answer, but that's our process. That's kind of the secret sauce. So I like to ask people when they think about making a donation to kind of think about just simplistically think about a dollar and where does a dollar go and how does it flow through the community? Well, a dollar donated to United Way flows through this entire safety net, which has been very carefully constructed to make sure that none of us at the end of the end of the day falls through the cracks. And uh, that's kind of what it, how we, how we work and what we do. I have a, I have a question I want to loop back to kind of about that, but to turn this uh, back toward you, Mike, the the person, it sounds like in order yeah. to to sit in the position that you do, and I think we should say Mike is the president of the United Way of Greater Nashua. I'm just Mike. I'm just the guy. Just Mike, but that's that's position. <laughs> and um, in order to talk about education and health and, and all these different dimensions, I imagine you have to, to be kind of a jack-of-all-trades and be interested in and learn about um, all kinds of things, which were probably different than the things that you studied in college or did in your previous work. Is that something you, you do or something you enjoy about the job? That is absolutely my favorite part of the job is um, – yeah, I have. I did not study. I don't even know how you would study to to do what I do. I know a lot of people that that um, head up United Ways um, come up through the social work route. A lot of a lot of MSWs, um, you know, in the field. Um, I came up through a very unique route. I I um, was in the for profit world my entire adult career until until I started with United Way about five years ago. So um, I spent about 20 years in the printing industry um, in various management positions, um, including you know training and customer service and production control. Um, and then my wife and I started a, a small family business about 15 years ago um, that we started and grew um, over a 10-year period and then sold it a couple of years ago. Um, so my experience is very different as far as what I bring. But one of the things I always loved doing, especially in our family business, was getting out into the community. And um, we would always be going to different functions for different nonprofits um, throughout the year or raising money for those nonprofits or going to Na- Nashua Chamber events, those types of things. That was really kind of, I guess, the only thing that I really can say I brought over from hmm. that life to this life is is just loving getting out and talking to people. Um, I, I probably spend less than 10 hours a week in the office. I just, um, you, you can find me probably more often at the Riverwalk or Bonhoeffer's than you can at the United Way office. And I wouldn't have it any other way. Now, is there something that uh, when you look at the, the job in a, on a particular day, a particular week, you say, wow, I can't believe, or I never would have thought this is something I would be working on or learning about or, or doing. Um, other than maybe hosting a radio show. Well, I never thought I would host a radio show either. So, first of all, a couple new people joined us. I, it seems like uh, the Germans are joining now. So, Petra, who is from Germany, um, a friend of ours who um, is the parent of what we consider to be our other favorite child, um, <laughs> Anna. So, um, Petra is is on the show. Hello, welcome. And Gerald, hello. Hello, good morning, my friends. Although Gerald's joining from the United States, I'm quite certain. Probably Amherst at the moment, um, drinking a cup of coffee. So what was the question, John? So, so I was asking, what, what are, other than, other than the radio, what's something surprising uh, and kind of out there for you that you find yourself learning about or working on that you would never thought uh, you or a United Way executive would be 
doing? Well, I guess what I find myself doing is um, what surprises me is that I can more or less respond to what I perceive to be the needs in the community based on what I'm hearing in conversations. And United Way is, um, you know, we're a small enough, nimble enough organization that we can turn around and say, you know what, that sounds like something is, which is important. Let's address that issue and see how can we bring some, some uh, resources to bear. And one of the things we like to do most is, um, you know, we don't have millions and millions and millions of dollars. We, you know, have some dollars to invest and we have some staff, but not a lot. But what we'd like to do is bring together groups of people to convene around topics. So I'll give you, just give you an example of one that is near and dear to my heart, and that's youth homelessness. And I never in a million years thought that I would be involved with working on youth homelessness. And, and closely, closely related to youth homelessness is human trafficking. These are issues that um, truly I never reflected deeply on. Uh, But these are issues in our community that um, are to some extent a little bit below the surface. Um, But um, I come across conversations at our Greater Nashville Continuum of Care where we talk about homelessness in general, um, also engagement with the school district and their homeless liaison there. And so what's been surprising to me is how how um, easily we can look at these issues and sort of jump in with both feet and say, you know what, this is something where we can make a difference and, and find ways to do that. One of the things I'm going to mention about youth homelessness is, um, you know, we have kind of come across the idea that there are um, needs, very specific needs that homeless young people have that are different than homeless in general. You know, homeless people in general um, – need a roof over their head, um, you know, need access to resources. Um, of course, young people do as well. But there are some specific areas where young people have needs that we don't think about often, like how, like getting a driver's license. Let's use that as one very simple example. And I think most of the people listening to the show um, have a driver's license. And most people, at least of my generation, probably got their driver's license in school. I know I got mine. Where did you get your, your driver's license, John? Do you drive, right? I, I do drive. And like, where did I take driver's education? Is that what you're asking? Yep, that's what I mean. Um, I actually t- took it at a community organization. It was the Jewish Community Center of St. Paul during, I think, summer vacation. Okay. So um, that's funny. My friend Gerald just says, um, hello, and how did I know about him drinking a cup of coffee? <laughs> well, um, yeah, because I just know you very well, my friend, and I know coffee is part of the morning routine. So- and I bet you Susie, well, Susie's probably not up yet, but if she is, she's also drinking a cup of coffee with you. So good morning and happy Thanksgiving, friends. Um, so driver's license. I got my driver's license in high school at my high school where I, where I, where I grew up in California. That was very common. And they had driver's ed. And there were no private driving schools. It was just the school had, but it was part of the curriculum, right? And you can still do that here in our community, but it's much more limited in terms of the number of spots that they have available. So not everybody gets their driver's license that way. In fact, very few people get their driver's license that way here in Nashua anymore. Most people go to a private driving school, which is kind of more the European model. Um, and you're going to pay for a, uh, you know, for a class something like six, seven, eight hundred dollars to get your driver's license which is um, a lot of money and, 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 and frankly cost prohibitive to a young person who's just trying to figure out where am I going to sleep tomorrow night? Um, you know, maybe he's worrying about where am I going to sleep tonight? So that's, um, but a driver's license is one of those things that can change the trajectory of your life. 
because without a driver's license, of course, you can't drive. With it, if you can't drive, you can't get to the, maybe the community college or you can't get to your new job. Or you, it might be difficult for you even to you know, get to school on the schedule that you have. Um, so there are lots of reasons why it's really important. And uh, with a driver's license, of course, that becomes an enabler of um, a lot of positive um, outcomes. So I've been asked, actually, by young people who need a driver's license, um, you know, who've been referred to us by one of our agencies or just heard about it, us directly, you know, can you help me pay for that? And the, you know, the interesting answer to that is nobody in our community currently has a pool of funds that's flexible enough to pay for things like driver's licenses or a bus pass or a new uniform to get to your job at a landscaping company or a pair of boots or maybe helping out with school supplies for the community college. These are all things that are, you know, everybody has a little money, but nobody has a fund that can actually pay for this. And most of the funds that people have, um, organizations or community have, are um, very restricted because they're typically grant funds like from the federal government where you can really you can buy number two pencils but you can't buy anything else because that's what the government is giving you the money to do fair enough so um what we've decided to do at united way i need to check the time here real quick yeah we're gonna take a break in about two or three minutes what we need to do it decided to do at united way was to create a fund this year in 2020 to address these specific needs and um, our goal is to raise $100,000 and to make that funding available to those very same kids who we come across who have these specific needs um, that can be addressed to help them to get out of homelessness and uh, have a very, very streamlined process. Um, it includes just two or three, two or three people. You know, the Youth Homeless Liaison from the school district, Taylor will be involved, somebody from United Way, perhaps another agency or two. Um, so when this need comes up, we can very quickly say, yep, that's real, that's legit, and, and make, make that funding available to that young person to pay for that thing, whatever that thing happens to be. And so how do you find your, what do you do to raise $100,000? Well, you know, there's a lot of things you can do, but I don't want to do anything that anybody else is doing because it's going to take away from their fundraising efforts. Like, you know, I'm not going to do a golf tournament for this uh, because that's going to take away from the Boys and Girls Club's golf tournament. And we're not going to do a 5K race because it's going to take away from Family Promises 5K race. And I'm not going to do a dinner gala because that's going to take away from the Front Door Agency's dinner gala. So I decided we're going to go skydiving and um, because nobody else is crazy enough to do that. Um, only at United Way do we go skydiving to raise money for homeless kids. So we're going on May 16th to do that. And I'm right now just basically trying to recruit uh, a team of people to join me, raising a couple thousand dollars each to to support this very, very worthy need. Those are the kinds of things, John, that I end up doing that I had like literally no idea I would ever do. If you asked me a year ago about that, I would have said, I don't know. I've never heard of skydiving. Me? I've never been skydiving. So that's what we do. Great. So, Shall we take a break? I think we should. And then we will be back with uh, Mike Affelberg, radio host extraordinaire and president of the United <laughs> Way of Greater Nashville. Well, actually, I should say John Spirosovet, radio host extraordinaire, because <laughs> like it seems like um, I'm getting the questions this time. So, And Inga, uh, welcome to our show. And th this is the third German. I don't know what the deal is today. So I got Petra, I got Gerald, and I got Inga. Um, welcome to the United Way Community Connection Show. We're going to take a quick break now. Our show is brought to you by Edstone Properties, one of our community's premier builders. We'll be back in just two or three minutes with the remainder of our show.
Hi, this is Tony Joyce from Joyce Cooling and Heating. Winter is coming, and it's not too early to start thinking about servicing or installing a high-efficiency heating system for your home. At Joyce Cooling and Heating, we can install a new comfort system using name brands like Lennox or Renai. With fall almost over, who knows what this winter will bring. Don't wait until you have no heat. Call Joyce Cooling and Heating at 882-4244 or on the web at JoyceCool.com. And remember, utility rebates start back up in January. Join me, Bob Bartis, every Thursday from 5 to 6 p.m. for Books and Crooks, where I bring together local law enforcement and local librarians for a community information hour. We educate the public with one book and one cop at a time. We talk about what's trending and what's happening in Hollis, Hudson, Merrimack, and Nashua. Join me, Bob Bartis, every Thursday from 5 to 6 p.m. for Books and Crooks here on WSMN 1590. Edgestone Properties is a leading home builder in southern New Hampshire. With over 33 years' experience, Edgestone offers highly valued residential homes, including first-time buyer, luxury move-up, and senior community opportunities. Edgestone also offers well-located rental apartments, including active adult communities. Visit us at edgestoneproperties.com or call us at 603-889-5208 to learn more. You can also like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter. That's 603-889-5208. Since 1930, United Way of Greater Nashua has been your trusted partner to fight for the health, education, and financial stability of every person in every community. When a low-income child needs access to dental care or parents need quality after-school programs where their kids can learn and be safe, United Way is there. When a person with disabilities needs a supportive day program where they can thrive or a family loses its home and needs a place to regain financial stability, United Way is there. When a homebound senior needs food and supportive social connections or when it comes time to die with dignity, United Way is there. The programs supported by your United Way are the heart and soul of Greater Nashua. When you volunteer or donate to United Way, you lift up the community where you live and you work. As a highly regarded nonprofit with Charity Navigator and GuideStar, you can be sure that your donations will be used for the work of making Greater Nashua stronger, smarter, and safer. Learn more and connect with us at unitedwaynashua.org. The village. Well, welcome back. You're listening to the United Way Community Connection Show. I apologize for the little choppiness there between the ad. I realize we're running short on time, so we're cutting right back to the live show. Um, we're joined in the studio today by Rabbi John Spiro-Savet, who is grilling me, raking me over the coals, asking me all sorts of really hard questions. I shouldn't be surprised at all, but uh, Rabbi John, welcome back to the show. Uh, thank you, and welcome you to, to your own show. <laughs> thank you. Before, before the break, you said that uh, one of the things you didn't learn at United Way uh, executive training school was skydiving. Um, but just to say a word about radio, I I have to say that I, I listen to podcasts, and one of my other weaknesses for podcasts is yeah, to me listen too. to uh, oral arguments at the U.S. Supreme Court, where some of the justices have wonderful radio voices. You have a terrific radio voice. <laughs> well, thank you very and, much. Uh, I, they always tell you I have a great face for radio. Well, so. <laughs> and, um, you know, speaking on the radio is different from speaking uh, to a group or interacting with people at a meeting. Where did you get your radio where'd you get your radio voice i have i was born with it i didn't i didn't i haven't trained it up i haven't learned how to speak on the radio i george is really great at preparing you for you know running a radio show and kind of the timing and sort of the uh, the flow of a show from you know throughout the hour but as far as you know your style and your speaking approach i i like to listen to um, actually, I listen to WSMN quite a bit, and, and the different sh- hosts have all have different styles and different voices, and and um, I'm pleased with it when I listen to it. I'm always surprised that actually it sounds pretty good, but uh, it's just my voice. 
So one of the things, um, you know, when I was growing up, I knew that uh, when I was thinking about what a person could do, you know, for a living, I knew about basically doctors, lawyers, and astronauts. And I didn't did even, you want to be one of those? Um, I did. I did want to be a doctor, which I knew about largely because my father uh, is a doctor. I wanted to be an astronaut. And, uh, oh yeah, I didn't really. Well, good. I'm glad you had those. Uh, thought you could do that i, was, I never uh, thought i could do that <laughs> i real i realized at some point that i didn't even my best friend i didn't even know what his father did like when i was in high school but um but i became over the last 20 uh, years or so i've been involved in uh service learning and teaching teenagers about um, community service and and philanthropy both as practices volunteer practices and even as careers and i'm always interested to um for for people to hear how what what it's like to do the to the job from day to day again skydiving radio sitting at uh coffee places but what other things go into a, a typical week on your schedule i'm sure no week is absolutely typical but what kinds of skills are you using what kinds of um uh, uh thinking and, and disciplines are you drawing on well i can give you an example this is my week last week so I mentioned in my introductions, um, about five or six times last week, I met with different um, employers um, and their employees to talk about United Way and their workplace campaign. And that's, so that's fundraising. That's meeting with people, talking about your organization, hoping to convince them that it's worthy enough for them to spend a little bit of their time and money um, on in, in changing the community. Of course, I had my radio show last week. That's like outreach. I had a Rotary Club meeting. I, I'm in the Rotary Club, so every Monday I'm I'm there, and that's um, fellowship, but also community service, and um, and and also an element of networking. Um, I was at a meeting at City Hall on Monday. Um, they have a lead planning group. Lead meaning like lead in the water, lead in the paint. Um, a group that's working on uh, bringing some education to the community. So we're involved with that, and I was there. On Tuesday, I went to my weekly BNI meeting, which is a group of business um, owners um, who network and support one another and try to connect each other to um, you know different types of referrals to build our businesses. Um, United Way is business as well in that respect. Let's see. I um, met with my team. Once a week, we have lunch together, whether we like it or not. Um, mostly they like each other and I join them. So yeah, so we have lunch <laughs> together just to make sure that we at least once a week sit down and talk to each other. The Chamber of Commerce had a networking um, business after hours. That was the Hudson Chamber on Wednesday evening. I belong to four different chambers. So at least once a week I'm at a, hundred, at a chamber event talking with uh, business owners about how they might want to get involved with the United Way. Um, Chase Bank opened a brand new branch here in our community on Thursday. Congratulations. Uh, well, not my bank, but yeah, it is congratulations. <laughs> to yeah. Congratulations to them. And they had actually asked me to come and be their sort of guest speaker to welcome them to the community. And and at their, it was kind of a ribbon cutting, but it was also sort of a launch event. So really nice event. Met with them as well. Um, did some stuff out with the Sohegan Valley Chamber of Commerce. I'm a, on their board on Thursday and Friday. On Friday, we had our ribbon cutting for the Meals Matter share carts. I went to that to support that. Um, God, it just goes on. I had a bo- I had a finance committee meeting last week with my with my uh, uh, my board of directors to go over our monthly numbers, and I also had a governance board meeting, which is kind of our board of directors. So those that's like my what my week looks like. It's just be, mostly it's just being out, meeting with people. Sometimes it's more. Um, 
meeting with different organizations. Sometimes it's meeting with different businesses. It's basically spreading the word about what we do and finding out how we can help people to realize their goals to change our community for the better. You know, when, when I think about the United Way, I, I imagined when I was growing up that there was one place you gave your money if you wanted to do some good, which was the United Way, the community chest, as you say. And it seems like today what people do is if they have a, a pet cause, anybody can open a foundation or yeah. Vanguard or whatever. Are you noticing uh, what motivates people? Are people doing both? People do own? both. Yeah. People do both. Um, and, and uh, you know, I do both. And you probably do as Absolutely. well. So I tell people there's no harm. There's nothing wrong in doing both. I mean, my my wife and I are supporters, for example, of the Humane Society. And in, and in that particular context, we are we give directly. Um, and that's fine. And, in, and I'm also a donor at United Way. And that's fine as well. No, I, I kind of tell people that think of your – if you think about your philanthropy – Think of it almost like you would your um, your planning for retirement and your investments. And most people are going to be like they might have they might have a couple of couple of individual stocks that they bought. You know, if you grew up in the fifties, maybe you got some IBM or maybe you got some Apple stock somewhere and sitting around, and that's great. But that's not a good plan to have just that. It's also good to have sort of a diversified portfolio because you want to also sort of spread the wealth. So you think of United your United Way investment kind of is similar to your um, your mutual fund where you're um, sort of spreading your investment across a large um, larger number of businesses or organizations. Um, I think it's all important. And I do find people that do both. And I have board members who do both. And, um, and um, I think that's I think that's a, the right thing to do mm-hmm. uh, because maybe you want to help that one thing, but you also want to help your community where you live and work. Mm-hmm. Do I have time for another? Throw you another question before we? I think we got like that? two more minutes. All right. Um, you know, you talked about all the, the the meetings and the the interacting you do. I was kind of wondering about uh, for yourself the time to prepare for that or just to just to learn. Are you are you reading anything really interesting right now? I, I read a lot, um, but most of what I read, I really it does, I read to take me away <laughs> rather than to help me to prepare. I probably should probably should read more, but I just I find myself with like very precious little reading time. So I like to read historical fiction, um, you know, novels about you know the horrible things that people did to each other in the Middle Ages, and um, that is just my escape. So um, I don't necessarily read as much as I should. You know, I'll read about specific topics and issues to prepare myself um, and study up. But um, I do a lot of continuing ed. Most of it's like online and podcasts and web webinars and that kind of thing. I'm gonna I'm gonna pass this back to you to to finish it up in a in a second. But For I sure. want to say that uh, as I think about Thanksgiving, that which is how you opened. Um, there's a lot to be thankful for in the community. And one of the things that I'm thankful for are are the leaders that we have um, in many sectors of our community. And I think one of the things that is important for, for all of us to do is to say thank you to people like you, and not only to support your work, but to, but to remember to support you. You are you're, you, and many people like you are, are individuals who uh, have to sustain yourself through this work and to, to hear a thank you or for someone to take Mike out for a cup of coffee when you see him at the, uh, at the Riverwalk. Um, this is one of the things I'll be thankful for. Well, John, I appreciate that, and thank you also for all that you're doing. Um, you're kind of one of those also, also those people who's like out everywhere doing everything and getting getting your hands dirty in the in the messy business of community change. So we appreciate that. 
And that about wraps it up. So this was a, another and a very interesting and different segment of the United Way Community Connection show. You've been listening to Rabbi John Spiros Ovet from Temple Beth Abraham. We've been talking about um, sort of life such as it is, if you will. So thank you for coming on today. We will be back next week um, after Thanksgiving. We are going to be back next Monday at 9 a.m. We have three different guests coming on. We have Wendy LeBlanc, who's going to talk about World AIDS Day, which is coming up soon. We're going to have Granite Pathways talking about what they're doing to help our community with substance use disorder. And we're going to have our friends from the Nashua Silver Knights coming on to talk about their 2020 season. Yes, baseball is soon upon us. Up next is Suzanne Koperniak in the Village Network. Until next week, please remember to be kind to one another because great things really do happen when we live united. WSMN 1590, Nashua's source for news and talk.